Welcome to the I Lead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to developing you into the leader that can lead in any room. Your host and guide is Dr. G. Vincent Dudley Sr. Dr. Dudley is a leader of leaders. He has his Ph.D. in organizational leadership. He earned his Doctor of Ministry with a focus on entrepreneurship and church planting. He is a John Maxwell Associate Trainer and an Adjunct Professor for Strategic Leadership at North Central University. Dr. Dudley retired from the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel. He has started several businesses, but his greatest achievement is that of founding senior pastor of New Life, one of the fastest-growing churches in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Let's join Dr. Dudley and co-host Jeffrey II for another instructional, inspirational, and informative session. I lead listeners, let's talk about relationships. Let's deal with relationships. I mean, everybody's talking about relationships. They talk about how relationships matter. Relationships can determine um, whether or not you are successful or not. Uh, But we know all of these things. But how do we develop? How do we discern? How do we determine whether this is a relationship that I should be investing in or not? And furthermore, how is it then that I can help this relationship become a win-win and that we accomplish uh, what both want to accomplish in the relationship and we do great things for God in the kingdom as a leader dealing with relationships. So I lead listeners, welcome. And um, let's talk about today leadership and relationships. They can make you or they can break you. Relationships, they are key to a successful leader. Uh, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift right there before the altar. Go your way. Reconcile yourself with your brother. Then come back and offer your gift. You know, that's the scripture. That's the word. That's Matthew 5, 23 through 24. That is the value, the importance of relationships. When they are awry, when they are not going right, when they are not consistent with Scripture, then the Word tells us, go get it straight in order for you to then accomplish what God wants you to do. Let's dig deeper and let's talk about relationship, how to develop them, how to discern, how to determine, how to develop winning relationships so that you can accomplish and be the leader that God has called you to be. Come on, I lead leaders and I lead listeners. Let's get and let's go a little bit deeper. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is built on relationships. While we embrace doctrine and theology, those issues are not the core of our Christian faith or our leadership. What separates us from all the religions in the world is Our faith is built on relationship, a personal relationship with Christ and then relationships with others. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says it well. You shall love the Lord your God and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus responded to the lawyer who was trying to trip him up as to what is the greatest commandment. The response is the greatest commandment is relationships, how you relate to God and then how you relate to others. 
Jesus teaches that an offended relationship is a spiritual issue. It's an albatross. It's an anchor. It's a stone around your neck. You can't make it with bad relationships. For Christian leaders, we cannot assume we are successful unless we master the art of leading, developing, discerning, great relationships. It's important. It has to be. And they must be healthy relationships. So to that end, let's start out with a relationship survey. The answers are yes or no. I'm going to read them out and then you answer. Do you feel anxious when a particular person has called or left you a message? Yes or no? Write it down. Have you recently been in a relationship that drains you of energy or enthusiasm? Yes or no? Write it down. Is it difficult to name three friends with whom you can share your worst sins? Yes or no? Write it down. Do you sometimes dread having to see a particular person in a social situation or setting? You go the other way. You duck in your dodge. Maybe even at the church. Yes or no? Write it down. Do you have several relationships in which you give more than you receive? Yes or no? Is it hard for you to put in the effort to maintain a close friendship? Yes or no? Is your creativity blocked from a preoccupation with unhealthy relationships? Yes or no? Write it down. Do you become more self-critical and uncomfortable in the presence of some people, particular person, individual? Yes or no? Are you irritable because of unresolved frustrations with people? Yes or no? Write it down. And finally, do you have imaginary conversations with people causing internal conflict. You're just talking to them. You can see it. You visualize it because of the conflicts that's going on. Yes or no? Write it down. Now, total the number of yeses that you gave. If you have seven or more, you are in need of raising your relationship quotient. Let me say that one more time. If you have seven or more yeses, you got to raise your relationship quotient. You are experiencing high maintenance relationships and the emotional expense can drain you of the energy you need to lead. You probably need more healthy relationships than you have right now. Let me help you with some perspective of this. Your perspective as you enter a relationship will greatly impact how that relationship turns out. For instance, Show me a person who sees themselves negatively and I will show you a person who sees others in a negative way. Show me a person who sees themselves negative and they are projecting it onto others as well. In fact, it is impossible to consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. Let me say that one more time because I lead listeners and leaders. I want you to grab that. 
you cannot see yourself outside of your internal makeup. It is impossible to consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. You see yourself positively, you will perform positively. If you see yourself negatively, you will perform negatively. It's inevitable. It is a psychological axiom. The equilibrium or consistency that must take place within you is always present. People who like themselves tend to like others as well. Those who distrust themselves also tend to distrust others as well. Jesus told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. We are prone to do just that. We love others only so far as we love ourselves. Unfortunately, we don't see our distorted perspective and we blame others for the negative feelings we have of ourselves. Jesus asked a good question when he said, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log in your own eye. Matthew 7 and 3. So let's reflect on a couple of three things right quick so you can grab this before we move further and drill down deeper into discerning and deciding and developing great relationships into a win-win so that you can be the leader that God has called you to be. How do I see myself? How do others see me? And how do I see others? I'll say it again. How do I see myself? How do I see others? And how do others see me? It's a valuable way to determine how to move forward in relationships. The re-role of responsibility is critical in developing and having healthy relationships. In Romans 12 and 18, it says this, if possible, so far as it, it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Now, a paraphrase of that passage might be do the best you can to get along with everybody. But realize that once in a while you will have a relationship with a difficult person that may fall short of the ideal. The key to make a decision to respond well. That's the key. How do you respond? You respond with responsibility. Leaders must affirm the following statements. I am responsible for how I trust others. I am not responsible for how they treat me. I will take the high road and lead people well by choice, not reaction. I must see myself and others the way God sees me. I am responsible for how I respond to those who are difficult. How do I take the high road? It is our hope that you have been inspired and informed to be the leader that you want to be. To ensure that you are able to lead in any room, go to iLeadAcademy.net and enroll today. Now, 
Let's return to our broadcast. Let's take a look at some of the people you will probably meet during your lifetime and how you can best lead them. Taking the high road, leading well, that requires you to choose to take the high road in such a manner that you do it the right way. Introduce to you several personalities and you will recognize them and you will know how do you overcome that. There's the critic. This person constantly complains and gives unwanted advice. Ways to handle this critic? Communicate you care by listening to them, but challenge them to offer solutions. Warn your top leaders of the poison they may spread through their criticism. Ask the critic to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Another person you may know and have met, the martyr. This person feels like the victim and swims in a pool of self-pity. Woe is me, is their clarion call. They wear it on their forehead. You can see them coming. They are the martyr. Now, how do you handle the martyr? Make them aware that their moodiness is a choice. Teach them that a leader is responsible to be up for those they lead. Expose them to people with real problems to give them perspective. And never, ever, ever, never reward their self-pity. Number three, the wet blanket person is always pessimistic. You know who they are. You see them coming. And they drain the relationship. How do you deal with a wet blanket person? Be honest with them. Don't expect them to change as long as they offer excuses. Point to past successes that they thought would fail. Don't let them dampen your enthusiasm. Fourth person, the steamroller. Now, this person rolls over others and enjoys intimidating people. They are aggressive and can be hostile. How do you deal with them? Consider the influence they have before you act. Try to reason with them and expose them to their insensitivity. Identify the issue they are pushing for or against. Take a stand when it is clearly an obvious right and wrong issue. Take a stand. Don't shrink. Number five, the garbage collector. <laughs> this person surrounds him or herself with negative people. They gossip and spread rumors all the time. They are the water cooler cleaners. They keep that water cooler clean and the copier always is broke because that's where they hang around and sharing their stories about everybody. My mother used to say, if a dog bring a bone, they'll take one. And trust me, they're always barking with a bone in their mouth. How do you deal with them? Confront them with the people about whom they are talking about. Set a policy. We do not talk in third-party terms. Challenge their statements with objective truth. Allow exposure to destroy their credibility. That's right. Sometimes what you got to do is turn the light on so the roaches will run. Expose them to the church leaders and warn of what's happening. That's right. It says to this, I remember so well, 
that um, there's two instances in which in my walk I've seen where uh, pastors have taken uh, that approach to garbage collectors in the church. Seen where the pastor stood the person up in the evening service and said, as a result of you doing what you're doing, essentially garbage collecting, we're going to silence you. Now, Scripture says that when you silence and carry it out in that way, others will fear. There are times when you've got to put the garbage collector on blast. Got to call him out. Number six, the control freak. This person is unable to let go and trust both God and people. They have to be in control. Now, how do you handle them? You do not give them highly visible positions of authority. Remind them of scriptural commands to trust God and others. Communicate that control is a myth. No human is ever really in control of their life. And finally, review with them the many times God came through and provided for them in the past when they thought they were in control. Number seven, the maverick. How do you deal with the maverick? This person frustrates others by living in their own world, their own reality that they have created, oblivious to the needs of others and the big picture. How do you deal with them? How do you get past this situation with them? One, don't evaluate your leadership by the maverick's response. Don't hold yourself up against their measurement. Don't put them into a team ministry position. Don't give them a leadership role until they can see beyond themselves. And finally, discover what motivates them and encourage them to see the bigger picture. Number eight. You also know this person, the backstabber. This person is irre... They, they cannot help themselves. They're two-faced, hypocritical, to a fault. They are different in every room. They, they cannot be one way all the time. How do you deal with this person? Meet with them and communicate your desire to trust them. Gently confront them with specific examples of their hypocrisy. Involve others who have experienced their two-faced ways. For concrete evidence, as the scripture says, you must take after one person has approached them, bring the other as a witness to what's going on. Don't give them authority until you see them change their ways. Number nine, the cold shoulder person. This person disengages and avoids contact. They say that they're introvert, but actually has nothing to do with their personality makeup. How do you deal with this? Don't reward childish behavior by running after them each time they distance themselves. Do meet with them and ask if you've done something to hurt them. Dig deep to discover the real issue that caused them to avoid you. Don't endorse them or their behavior. Do not deputize them. Do not reward this behavior. If you do, you will see more of it.
not less of it. Number 10, the volcano. This person builds steam and often erupts. They are explosive, unpredictable, and unapproachable. How do you deal with this person? Remove them from the crowd. Remain calm. Ask them to have a seat. Ask them to repeat details to be clear on issues. Remove heresy, hearsay, and exaggeration. Give a soft, clear response. Firm response. Hold them accountable. The sponge. This person is constantly in need. They are needy. And they give nothing back. How do you deal with this sponge? Set limitations on your ability to help. Don't let them manipulate you or the situation. Require responsibility. Challenge them that maturity means giving and receiving. Don't feel obligated or guilty by their demands. Number 12, the final one. The competitor. This person keeps score. Trust me. They are always tallying who's winning and who's losing. And they don't ever want to lose. They want to beat others and often feel that life is unfair. They feel like they're always losing when in fact they're just competing and losing because they're being defeated. They have defeated themselves because of the way they approach things. Now, how do you do this? How do you deal with them? Remind them that a Christian's role is to complete others, not to compete with others. Let me say that one more time. A Christian's role is to complete others, not compete with others. Inform them of others who have lost more than they have. And then let them know that keeping score will be destined for them to live a life of misery because everybody doesn't win all the time. <laughs> the Patriots, they didn't win all the time. They lost some. Miami Dolphins, the only team that successfully went the entire season with never losing. And it's only been done once. Nobody wins all the time. How do you deal with this? How do you deal with helping people overcome their deficiencies and building relationships with them to keep a healthy team and moving forward to discern to decide and to make sure that we are in a win-win situation. Idly listeners, you love people. You ask God for wisdom. The third thing you do is stay healthy yourself. The fourth is do not give special positions to people who are going through stuff just so that you might try to win them over. Confront. Be honest with God yourself and them and keep healthy people in leadership as models for others to be able to see how to build relationships and make relationships work so that you can be the leader God has called you to be in any room that you get that you find yourself in. I lead leaders. Now, let's go build great relationships in any room we find ourselves in. The Lord be with you. May his face shine upon you. Give you peace.
Thank you for listening. After listening to today's podcast, I'm sure you're ready to be a leader in any room. To learn more about how to become the leader you are called to be, enroll today in iLeadAcademy.net. Until next time, remember, with iLead, you can be the leader in any room.